The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. Green scene on The Pat Kenny Show with AIB, working alongside Irish communities towards a low carbon future. We pledge to do more. I'm joined now by Dr. Ruth Freeman, Director of Science for Society at Science Foundation Ireland. Ruth, good morning. Good morning, Pat. Two very interesting topics. Uh, Migrating animals using the Earth's magnetic field to navigate, and that you tell me, includes bats. It does. I mean, so, so we all know the Earth has this huge magnetic field. It's like there's a big magnet that runs to the centre of the globe and this magnet throws out a sort of force field that wraps around the Earth. It's called the magnetosphere and it protects us from solar radiation. But it's also used by birds and other animals to navigate. And of course, we know that birds can navigate with this amazing accuracy. Even tiny little birds, maybe half the size of a golf ball, can fly over two continents and find themselves back in the place where they were born. It's it's really incredible. Um, and scientists have been studying this magnetic field for years. And a group in Oxford were looking at robins and they found a chemical in the bird's eyes called cryptochrome 4. And this is sensitive to magnetism. And they studied this chemical in in the lab and they found that indeed when it was exposed to light it could form what they call reactive species or or charged species that could respond to magnetism. So it's almost like as birds fly perhaps they can see shading in their field of vision which tells them where they're going based on the earth earth magnetic field. And and another tiny bird, the Eurasian reed warbler, we find it actually, it uses the magnetism of the earth to know how far north and south to go. So it almost acts like a stop sign for this bird. And what scientists have found is that when that little bird, when we see shifts in the Earth's magnetic field, we can map where that little bird ends up based on these changes. So, so it is using this, this field that is invisible to us, but can be seen by these animals. So as they wander off course, uh, something in their field of vision tells them, get back on track, get in there, you're, you're uh, way off course. And uh, they just follow this thing, this shading that they see, which brings them right back to their destination. It, it certainly seems that way. Now, they probably are using other visual cues like the stars and um, the sunlight, the angle of the setting sun. And actually, interestingly, we know that birds and other mammals and actually even ourselves, we have a chem- chemical or, or a substance called magnetite in us. So, I mean, it, it's also, you know, it gives this interesting idea. Maybe we've lost the ability to pick up on this internal compass that that, that other animals have. But, but scientists have been studying mammals as well and they've been looking Looking at bats, as you said, this was research from Bangor University, and, and they took these little bats, they're called soprano pipistrels, little bats, and they also travel thousands of miles. But of course, they are mostly traveling at night, so they can't access these visual cues. So they decided to see, well, can they actually detect the magnetic field of the Earth? So, so they took 65 of these little bats, they were on their migration route in Latvia, heading down to Spain. But just before sunset, they actually put them in a special box with something called a Helmholtz coil, which adjusts the magnetism. And they exposed different groups to different types of magnetism. So some that would make them feel that they were more north or more south. And one group was actually exposed to magnetism that would make them feel like they were in the southern hemisphere, a complete inversion. And then when they released the bats, now to be fair, they were all a little bit discombobulated. Even the ones that didn't get any treatment flew flew in a couple of different directions. But certainly those that had the, the, the 
the shift just in one way flew just in the wrong direction, which suggests they were very much picking up on the magnetic field. Mm. And the group that had been given a total jumbled set of magnetism were completely disorientated and flew in all sorts of directions. Um, But it really is fascinating just to think of this invisible force to us uh, uh, being such a precise compass for these other creatures. Now, your other theme uh, this morning is about seabird populations and how uh, they have been depleted, but if we restore them, how they would help repair the climate. Explain. That's right, Pam. We've talked many times about birds and how they really have suffered terribly, and seabirds are no exception. We've lost about 90% of our seabirds over the last 200 years. And, you know, seabirds have evolved over 60 million years. They really radiated after the dinosaurs uh, died off. And, and, you know, they fill this really important evolutionary and ecological niche. But one of the things they do is act like a carbon pump. So, of of course, they, they distribute nutrients, you know, through guano, uh, through pooping onto rocks and into the sea. And that is a really important source of nutrient for the sea. It helps to grow plankton, seagrass and reefs. And of course, those habitats nurture fish populations, which are eaten by birds and mammals. And of course, those creatures that are that grow and eventually die bring carbon down to the seafloor when they die. So it's this kind of pump. And as seabird populations are threatened, and and more than half of all seabirds now are, we're losing the power in that pump. Uh, So some researchers have decided, although it's not ideal, we need to start trying to rescue using some more extreme methods uh, of translocation. So this is actually taking seabird colonies where they are almost completely depleted, maybe on a very small island, or there's no birds left, and bringing in either eggs or chicks. But, But usually it's little little fluffy chicks. So they they take these chicks from active colonies and they have to shield them from the night sky where they're born so they don't imprint to that sky. They bring them to this island. They usually need to be hand fed and looked after. But once they do fledge and fly out to sea and, you know, many of these birds can spend up to five years at sea um, once they fledge, which again is quite incredible. But we're seeing now that some of them are coming back to the the restoration sites. So, So this could be a way you know, if we can protect them in other ways, that we could actually restore some of these really important seabird populations because they will in turn help us to capture more carbon naturally as part of that really important carbon pump. Dr. Ruth Freeman, Director of Science for Society at Science Foundation Ireland. Uh, Thank you very much. The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk.